Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, our special guest is David Wood. David is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He's also built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges, himself having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, spine, excuse me, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show. He coaches high-performing business owners to double their revenue and their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lance. I appreciate being here and I'm enjoying your energy already. Yeah, great. Uh, well, why don't we kick things off be, um, be, before we get into exactly what you do, I, I would love to know, and our audience would too, what got you here? Uh, how did you get into um, be, being a, a consulting actuary? You know, I like that. I've done 250 interviews and no one's asked me that question. How dare them? But it's so personal. It was such a big thing. Um, in school, back around age 15, um, something happened. I don't know what it was, but I started getting better at school. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was ninth in my class. I was in the top class, but I was like ninth and 15th and like that. And something happened. I started coming first and, and then I, I, I topped the school and the question was, what am I going to do? I could do anything. And I was really good at math. So I figured I'd be an accountant. And then my mother did some research. She was a teacher and she was really on top of this. And she told me about this thing that she found out called an actuary, which was apparently really hard to qualify the pay was better than, than accountancy and uh, there was prestige to it. If anyone knew what it was, there was more prestige. And I said, well, well, maybe we should do that. Yeah. And they were offering scholarships, um, meaning I get paid to go to university. And by the way, university was free back, back in those days for me. So I was so privileged mm-hmm. and they paid me. And this was an unbonded scholarship, which meant they would pay me for three years to go to university and then they would hope I would work for them, but I could go and work for anyone else if I wanted to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I came out and I did that and uh, it was blood, sweat and tears. I get, like, it sounds amazing, but it was blood, sweat and tears and it was horrendous. And I, it was so difficult. I didn't know how hard it was. And I'd come top of my school mm-hmm. and I, and I was with everyone else who came top of their school and it was so hard. I, I kind of regret that I actually went into that profession. And once I qualified a year later, I quit. Mm. I quit. So here I am in New York consulting to Sony music, Ford and Exxon. I had a ponytail at the age of 24 and I it's still in this industry. And then I, I did a personal growth program. Someone said, why don't you go and do this, this course? And I said, no way. They all smile way too much and they're all wearing name tags. It, it looks culty to me, but I, was, I wasn't happy in my life. So I went and did it and they, they cracked my heart open. 
I discovered that there are people who actually care about changing the world and that's what drives them. I was cynical. I was like, no, people are driven by money. There's mm. no one's dr heart driven and they changed my mind. They were like, no, you actually can live a life like this. So I went and trained as a coach and I quit. I resigned from the Institute of Actuaries and it was such a huge decision to let go of that and say, no, I want to help people. I want to help business owners to love their life. I want to help them uh, step into their courage so that on their deathbed, they look back and say, I gave it everything. I really lived my life. I, I, I don't have regrets. That's, that's the game I'm playing. Beautiful. Did, so how long exactly were you an actuary? So it was less than a year or was it a little bit longer than that? Yeah, I'm almost embarrassed to say that, but I think I was qualified. You know, I worked for four years for this company, but okay. while I was working, I still had to study and I still had to sit. So you do your university degree and then you have like four years. If you're very good and lucky, four years of professional exams while you're working. I managed to qualify in those four years. Some people take, I think the average is 10 after college, 10 years. And so I, uh, yeah, I worked for four years and a year after qualifying, I said, I'm done. I, oh my I'm goodness. Yeah. yeah. Now I didn't know I was out. I, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm just going to quit and go. Right. I quit and said, if uh, I've got six months to do whatever I want. Like if I had six months to live, what would I do? Mm. And I had six months off work. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I'd always love those guys at the ski fields who'd put on a black Afro and sing, blame it on the boogie, or yeah. they'd have a blonde ABBA wig and they'd sing SOS or uh, a kilt and they'd sing 500 miles by the proclaimers. And I was like, I want to do that. So I actually did that. And it turned out to be a year and a half of doing that. And then I, uh, and then I started coaching while I was doing that. And I was so hooked on coaching. I said, I hope I never, ever go back to qualifying as an actuary because I could have kept the qualification, but the cost was 40 hours a year. Mm. So it's a week, 40 hours of studying legislation and continuing education to stay qualified. I was not willing to pay that price. So I let go of this huge safety net and blanket and I'm proud of myself for that, but I even feel a bit nervous saying it. It was such a huge, like letting go of, of the shore to sail off into the ocean, into the unknown. That was a scary moment. Yeah, it had to be exactly. Especially um, that's kind of my next question here is how did you get your first clients then? Um, was it from those business connections or did the, did the, uh, the coaching and the, and the training that you went through, did they help you get on your feet? Um, how, how did you navigate that? You know, I wish, I wish we could go back in time and I could rewrite the story and use the business connections better. But I'd also moved countries. So I'd come back from the US where I've been consulting back to Australia. I did beat the bushes and use my network. I called, uh, I called everybody I knew and I invited people to have a, a coffee with me and talk about their goals. And, and I did get, I get, did get from my, from my friends and colleagues, I, I probably got like three or four clients that I could practice on. But I then went and hired one of the top coaches in the country because, you know, why would I 
how could I be a coach if I don't have a coach? Mm-hmm. And I thought I need, I need a business coach to, to help me. So I hired one of the top coaches and she said, why don't you speak? That's worked for me. Why don't you go and speak for clients? Very scary, very edgy to get up in front of people and do anything. And uh, she showed me how to do it. And had you, had you done it before that? Or was it, were you just diving in to public speaking? No, I'd, I'd, I'd done maybe, you know, one thing at work where I had to get up in front of people. Um, and my boss took me to something else and said, why don't you speak? Why don't you present a little bit of this training? So I'd done, I'd done that, which was terrifying as well, mm-hmm. but this was more, um, you know, any big hairy goal can be chunked down. So she, she had me set a date. That's the first thing. Set a date where I've invited my friends to come to my house and hear me deliver my practice speech. Didn't even have the speech yet, but now I got the date. So now I had to have the speech. So I created it. Friends came over. I stood up 40 minute speech. And then I had them fill in uh, a feedback form and a testimonial form. So now I've got my initial testimonials. And I've got feedback on what I could improve. And then I started going to Rotary Clubs and Zonta Clubs and salespeople with a purpose. All the clubs, Lions Clubs, all the clubs Mm -hmm. that are meeting regularly and they want some entertainment and information and knowledge. And so you cut your teeth on that. And then at the end, I'd say, uh, here's a form. I'd love your feedback. And part of the form was I'm interested in being on your newsletter. And by the way, anyone on this call, if you are interested in speaking or you are speaking, this is gold. This is like tens of thousands of dollars worth right here. They fill in the form and they write their name, their title, and if it's okay to use their feedback as a testimonial. So now I've got like a manager at Facebook with a testimonial about my speaking. I've got, uh, you know, someone who works at, at McCann Erickson, one of the top ad agencies happen to be part of this organization and they, and I got a testimonial from them. And then I'd have maybe 25 forms that I'd have to go through and 15 of them say, yeah, they want to be on my newsletter. Boom. Subscribers. Maybe five of them said they're interested in having a coaching experience to see if coaching's a fit for them. Wow. Follow them up, have a call. There's another checkbox. I'm interested in having you speak to my organization or company. I got some gigs out of that and I got clients. I got clients that would stick with me for a year out of that. So this speaking thing was huge to get me off the ground. And now Lance, 20 something years later, right now, right here in this room, I'm doing it again. Yes, you are. Yeah. How did I'm you over? So, so you hadn't done it before. Was there a trick that you used? You know, some people do the imagine the audience is naked. I've never done that. I just got up there and did it over and over and over again before I was comfortable with public speaking. Uh, did you have any kind of methodology that you yeah. used to break through? I did. <sighs> just take, taking a breath and feeling into it. I did. Now for the first year or two of speaking, I was terrified and I didn't know what it was. And then I took six years off and then I came back and there was a transformation. Like people were crying in my booth at the end. One guy said, you were very Buddha like up mm. there. Like, and, and I was thinking if I sell $10,000 worth of product, I can hold my head up high at this conference. Cause everyone was, was all about pitching. 
and you split it with the organizer. So if you don't sell, you don't get invited back. And I said, if I can sell $10,000 worth, we sold $150,000 worth and 125,000 of that was in 15 minutes after my speech. The second speech, we tripled sales. It was like 387,000. So something had changed. Question is what had changed? Mm -hmm. It was vulnerability. I was so attached in those early speeches to the people thinking that I was a guru and an expert and that I had it all together and that I had the answers. But when I came back after six years of break and working on myself, I was me on stage. I'd get up there and I'd make mistakes. And instead of just glossing over them, I would laugh and call it out with the audience. I, yeah, I think it was like 40 minutes into this speech and I had 1,200 people in the audience. I kept on looking around at the monitors because there, there were four big screens and I kept looking at the screens and then I finally realized there were two monitors right in front of me showing me everything that was on the screen. And I laughed and I, I pointed it out and I said, consummate professional that I am. I didn't even know I had monitors here and they laughed with me. So I got to be me. And also I wasn't even attached because I didn't need to be successful anymore as a speaker. I already, I already had a lot of clients. So that gave me the freedom to be me. And I said, look, you're going to hear a lot of lofty figures this, this weekend. You're going to hear about people making millions. I just want to tell you up front, that's not me. I don't make millions. I make about 40,000 a month. So I was honest mm-hmm. and I pulled back the curtain. That's the secret. Pull back the curtain and be me. And I said, but something interesting happened last week. My income spiked from 40,000 a month to 70,000 a month because I worked three days. Are you interested in having a business like that? Where you, when you wake up, you have more money than when you went to sleep. And when you work three days that month, your income spikes by 30,000. Is that something you'd be interested in? And they said, yeah. I said, great, I can show you how to do that. So I was honest. I didn't try and pretend to be anything else. And and I broke it down to a very simple, this one was like a, it was a little bit complex, but I said, here's how to do it. And they went and bought the next speech. We broke it down and said, here are the five steps. And so I think that's what, that's that's the trick for me is be honest. Hey, I'm nervous because I really want you to get value. I really want you to think I'm awesome and part of it's true. Um, And here's what I have for you. Would that be useful? And if it's not useful, if you guys don't want to hear this, we can go and have a beer. Like I don't have to be here on stage. So I'm not attached to my topic being the be all and end all. Um, We we don't have an audience right now to, to ask. But I, you know, check in, would this be useful? If it's not, let's find something that would be useful because we could make a difference to your life right now. That's, that's the game I want to play. Yeah. I think people want authenticity. I think we live in a very confusing time. As, as, as much as what's beautiful about the internet is we have all this information. At the, at the same time, we have some information overload. There's a lot of misinformation um, yes. instead, of, instead of getting our news from maybe one or two channels, now we get news from everywhere. So I think you're resonating with, with just being authentic with people. Ha- pe- people love you. that. I hope so. Yeah, let's pull, let's pull back the curtain again. 
Um, because people just see all the shiny stuff on Facebook, and we do something they call identity management. Mm-hmm. And look, that's fine. I want people to think well of me and and refer clients to me and all that. But we take it so far. So what I try and do is show who I am, what's and all. You know, there are so many things that I do have together and that I'm really good at, and I'm better than most of the population at. But some things that most people don't share, I've struggled with anxiety and depression for 20 something years. Mm-hmm. I really have. There are times, there are days, I don't have many of them anymore, but there are days when a win for me is that I heated up some soup, mm-hmm. Amy's organic lentil soup. And I, and I had some soup during the day instead of just, just drinking tea and coffee. Like there are days like that where remedial things are wins. And, uh, and I want to say that because a lot of people out there might be having similar experiences where some things are a huge challenge. They might have anxiety as a baseline, you know, it's just mild stress. And so having a couple of beers and or wines in the afternoon is just what you do to, to manage that. And I, I want us to celebrate and welcome those things. Like, yeah, I struggle with a whole bunch of stuff. If you knew how much of this video game I play, you'd be go, really? This guy's a high performance coach and he plays video games. Yeah. I live in Colorado where weed is legal. I love smoking weed of an evening. Now these are things that I would, I would have, I would have hidden and I would hide if I was going to do identity management, but I think it's a good practice. Let's just, Let's just show more of ourselves. Now, there are ways to do it artfully. I'm not saying you just go and just blurt out to the boardroom. We're freaking out. We're heading off a cliff and I don't know uh-huh. what to do. Yeah. Right. If you're the CEO, I'm writing a book right now called Addressing the Mouse in the Room. And it's how to artfully share what's going on in you with the other person or the world so that we can have more transparency. The Wizard of Oz is such a a powerful metaphor. Let's pull back the curtain. Let's pull back our own curtain so people can see who's behind the great and powerful Oz up there. And you might find that they're doing the same thing. And then you guys can have a, you can have a real conversation. Right. About something. And and I think, I think it makes um, people that people and their success that seems unattainable suddenly attainable because then they can instantly relate to you and it humanizes the whole situation. Um, yeah, that, that was great. Thanks. I, I don't even expect to go off that tangent, but let's move into the courage part of what you do. So um, you kind of have this phrase about, you know, how 30% more courage can double your revenue and your happiness. Um, tell us about how you coach courage and, and what all that means to you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize until like the last three years that something unusual about my life is that my psychiatrist called me counterphobic, which means if, 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 you know, if you have a phobia, you don't run from it, you lean into it. And it's true. I'm scared of heights and I certified as a paraglider pilot. Um, I'm scared of abandonment because I, I lost my little sister when I was a kid. And so I have abandonment issues. So I explored open relationships dating where I can date other people and my partner can date other people. And, um, you know, I'm afraid of having a conversation with someone. So I pick up the phone and do it. Now, sometimes you can go too far, but there've been a lot of advantages. I got to learn 
the value of practicing deliberate discomfort and facing fears. Now, the downside is regret. If you don't ask that woman out or that man out, or if you don't go and tell your parents that you love them, if you don't invite that celebrity to be on your podcast or to endorse your product, if you don't invite that prospect to be a client, if you don't do the things that are your natural self-expression, then the downside is regret. You feel small, you are playing small, and on your deathbed, you can go, oh, look what I could have done. Don't do that. I don't want you to have that experience. So here's a really great exercise. And I sometimes I have my clients do this. Right at the top of a piece of paper, what would I do if I was fearless? I'm not asking you to be fearless, and I'm not asking you to do all these things. But the first step is awareness. Where is my edge? Because we just, we're creatures of comfort. We'll just stay comfortable, and we will avoid tough conversations and we will avoid situations where it might feel uncomfortable and awkward. And you know, I might, I might get a no and I might feel rejected. Let's find where the edge is. And on that piece of paper, you might circle an area and say, well, this is business or work. Circle another area. This is in my relationships with my partner, with my friends, maybe with my family. And then another big circle could be, this is just for me. Would I go and swim with dolphins? Would I, paraglide would i something i did recently i've been i've been talking about acting in my head i've been talking about acting in my head for 10 years i've always wanted to be an actor i've always wanted to be in a major film and play the lead but i didn't tell anybody well three or four months ago i started speaking it out loud which is the first step and someone said well i'm going to audition for this local play you want to come with me gulp you know, this is where, let's break it down. This is where the thought comes in. Hey, I haven't even taken an acting class yet. I can't go and audition. But then another thought came in and said, this is how you play the game. This is what you do. You be uncomfortable. And so I went along. I didn't just, just go. I went and prepped for it. And I hired a coach and I practiced my lines and I memorized the lines and I learned a German accent and went and auditioned for Dracula. And guess what? They cast me in a lead. I'm very proud of this. They cast me uh, as Dracula in a paid professional production out of the gate. So that was an edge for me. And then I, 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 I've always wanted to sing. So I've just hired a singing teacher. There's another edge for me. I'm saying this because I'm hoping it might prompt some things for listeners. And you might be like, oh, I've always wanted. That's a clue. If you've always wanted to do something, you find yourself saying, oh, I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to learn Russian. You know, I've always wanted to whatever. Just write down on this piece of paper what you would do if you were fearless. If, yeah. I like that you emphasize that word. Because like you said, you're not telling them to be, just if. No, no. You might be terrified of some of this stuff. And then maybe talk it over with your partner or with your coach, if you have a coach, if you don't get a coach. I'm a big advocate for that. I've, I've sometimes had five coaches in my life for five different areas. Um, and then circle two or three things. You might, you might like to circle the easiest ones. All right. This will be a little bit scary. Apologizing to Bill. All right. I'm going to do that. Go and do it. And then see how it feels afterwards. It may not always feel good doing it, but it 
almost always feels good afterwards because mm-hmm. because there's the pride. Lance, I was at this conference of, of thought leaders and I was so starstruck because there's like Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup and Oprah Winfrey's executive assistants there. Uh, no, executive producers there. Wow. And, and an Oscar winning producer produced What Dreams May Come and all these people. And I'm there as a peer. And I've got imposter syndrome like crazy. And I noticed after the conference, what I was proud of was I did four things that terrified me or scared me. Didn't terrify me, scared me. I pitched Jack Canfield on writing a book with him. I asked that Oscar winning producer if I could do a ride along on his next film and just shadow him and just see how it all happens. You know, I asked a woman out and by ask her out, I said, do you want to come to Columbia with me? All right. I did four bold requests and I realized the win was making the request. That was the win in and of itself. Cause I got to be self-expressed and I gave the universe a chance to respond. Now I got, did I get any yeses? I got three no's and a yes out of that. But that was icing on the cake. So I'm a fan of courage because I think the cost of not screwing up courage and not being uncomfortable is regret. And uh, if you've ever seen the Truman show and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, it's an amazing movie, cover your ears for the next 10, 15 seconds, Truman show. He has literal walls to his world. Well, we have metaphorical walls and those walls are our discomfort. We just don't want to go past that. But if we push past it and use courage to push past it and be uncomfortable, a lot of people don't want to do it because they're like, no, I want to wait until I'm confident and I can do it with comfort. Well, you'll be waiting a long time. Now, the way it works is you be uncomfortable, you screw up your courage, circle some of those things on the list, go and do them. And you could do three things a week that are, that are, that are a little bit uncomfortable for you and would require some courage that'll give you a different life. You might do some of those things that go, oh, hell no, I don't want to keep doing that. I jumped out of a plane skydiving once. I'm willing to fly, but I don't want to plummet towards the earth. I'm trying to avoid that. So you don't have to do them all. You might do something with someone and it was so uncomfortable and the conversation went so unpleasantly. You're like, I don't think I'm going to talk with that person again. That's fine but you don't know until you go and step break through the walls. So again, if you've seen the show, cover your ears. If you haven't seen the show, cover your ears for the next 10 seconds. There's a door at the end, a literal door that he steps through. Every time you practice deliberate discomfort and you do something that's awkward and uncomfortable and take and, and scary, that's you opening that door in the Truman show and going through into a whole new world. Maybe you stay in that new world. Maybe you come back. It's a, it doesn't matter. But don't you want the knowledge? Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of avoiding regrets 100%. Um, the, to me, that's very valuable because I try to, I try to live exactly the way, the way you're doing it, um, especially with being extra courageous. Let's, let's move in, no pun intended, but focus on focus.ceo. Tell us, tell us what you do. Tell us how you're... Uh, uh, who, who is kind of your typical client if there is one? Um, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners that listen to this podcast. 
that might be interested in what you do, and then how it ultimately makes and help people do what you say do, doubling their revenue, increasing their happiness, making them more successful in in all ways. Yeah, well, I'll I'll do those in reverse order. The, we have executive function in our brain. We have this amazing neocortex. We don't always use it. 95% of what we do each day is on autopilot. So having focus of where do I want to go and stepping out of the day-to-day grind, which is very hard when you're busy. For busy people, you got all mm-hmm. these things coming at you and all these, you know, how are you going to step out of your current orbit into a higher orbit? Focus is one thing. And then having someone external to you, having a perspective that's outside you to help make sure that you do focus on what matters. That's, that's my model. Um, now, I, I'm a bit of an unusual coach in that I, I spent the first half of my life getting great with business and numbers and systems and, and, and the consulting and all of that. And the second half of my life has been sitting with gurus navel gazing, doing things that are the freak most people out to see what it is to be human, what it is to be vulnerable, what it is to, um, to lead. So I'm an unusual coach. If you just want more money, work with someone else. Um, I'm happy to work with you on the business stuff. It's fun for me, but my ideal clients, clients are those who come to me because they want to work on themselves. Now, while we're at it, yeah, we'll work on business strategy and that tough conversation with employee you got to fire and, okay, um, how are you going to create these alliances and your branding, your messaging's all over the place. Let's, let's work on that. Yeah, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. But my last session before this call with you, Lance, was about the inner dialogue. It was the negative chatter going on in the background and what I'm helping this particular client do, and it's different with every client, is listen to that, welcome it as an honored guest instead of trying to kill it because the killing it wasn't working. So that's an example. I love clients. And, and this client just won an award out of 250 agencies for getting the most new clients during the pandemic. All right, super successful. That's my ideal client. They're rocking it out in so many different areas and they haven't done the 25 years of personal growth that I've done. So I can actually um, help them move faster in that area and grow themselves and their relationships so that they are truly loving a who they are and b their life and business. Cause that's what I want. I don't want, I don't want to just have clients that the testimonials say, yeah, David helped me double business. Okay. That's, that's a start, but my legacy I want you to love your life. And most of us are so hard on ourselves. And I love helping them see that and helping them open that doorway in the Truman Show, opening that doorway out to another world. And if listeners, if something resonates here and you're like, oh yeah, I think I could go further and faster with a coach. And this guy, um, I resonate with this guy, David Wood. Go to focus.co, go straight to the bottom of the page, and there's a little applica- there's a little form where you can request a session with me. And I, I want to tell you up front, I will ask you probing questions before mm-hmm. we even get on a call. It's not like it's going to take five or 10 minutes of your day to think about your life and what you want and give me a snapshot. Very 
I think it's very valuable. And then we'll get on, on the call and see if coaching makes sense for you. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion. And if you just want to be in my world and just stay in touch, you can, um, uh, there's another link, myfocusgift.com. And I created a, a gift basket of goodies for listeners who uh, want to stay in my world and listen to my podcast and get a couple of emails from me uh, each week. You can do that at myfocusgift.com. You can also request a session at that link as well. Beautiful. Well, good. I, I, I don't have to ask the last question then, but there is another question that I ask every gift. So thanks, thanks for giving your plug there, David. Um, before we sign off here, uh, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time to when you first started your professional career, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? You don't have to do it alone. A lot of my life has been very solo, a lot of lone ranger, and I didn't really know how to ask for help. And I was scared of hearing a no. So as I become more porous and have been able to reach out and say, Hey, I do need help with this. Hey, I'm, I'm feeling really upset and I'm not really sure why, or, you know, and as I've started working with coaches and allowing them into my world and therapists, allowing them into my world and ask, I had one experience just recently where they load you up with anesthetic ketamine, shoot you up full of anesthetic and you sit in a therapist chair and you have an internal journey. And it was so intimate to go into that space and be so vulnerable and have a human being in the room with me to guide me. If I got lost, so intimate, but great metaphor for what's possible in life. So be more porous, allow more people into your world to help would be my advice to myself. Beautiful. David, this conversation was wonderful. Um, I hope our listeners are um, inspired to get in touch with you. Uh, you know, if it seems like a good fit for them. So just thank you so much for your time. Um, and we wish you the best. Lance, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. And for this sounds cliche, but I'm, I'm appreciating you, uh, how you're showing up and your energy. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.